Hey there, before you start tonight's episode, we wanted to talk to you about a brand new project that we're starting that we're really excited about. It's called Whose Dice Are These Anyway? It's a podcast where the stories are made up and the rules barely matter. Join us every week as our bumbling crew of adventurers solves some mysteries, fights some monsters, and does terrible celebrity impressions. Starting Thursday, January 26th, and every Thursday thereafter. You can find Who's Dice Are These Anyway on every major podcasting distribution platform. You can also find us on Twitter at Who's Dice. We hope you'll tune in for action, suspense, and uncontrollable laughter. See you then. Greetings. You hast heard thy demands. Thou hast demanded more. More content. I am not sure if thou can truly handle more. Yet to forbear an uprising, we reluctantly giveth in to thy demands. I might not but warn thou, alas, more content may be more than thou bargain for, and may cause thee a fan forever. It may cause thou from internal forces beyond thy control to rate, to review, and yes, to subscribe. Hence I say to thee, take this content thou demanded, listen, laugh, enjoy, Yet never be surprised if thou feel compelled to listen every future week. Thou hast been warned. Taketh this content, and I bid thee farewell. Long live the guild, the guild that keeps on giving. Welcome to our first bonus episode. You, our fans, have been asking about all the things we don't keep in the episodes. So, we thought we'd create a bonus episode of our discussions during this week's recordings that we didn't release as part of the weekly episode. So have a listen and leave us a review. Tell us what you think. We'd be glad to hear from you. So this is a little side joke with my (laughs) my friends. We were playing an all-night bender. I mean, honestly, it was probably two in the morning at this point. We're in, in high school still. And somebody spilled a pitcher of lemonade or it was iced tea or something on the table. I So all the stuff is mine, all my books and all these things. To this day, my friends who are like engineers and stuff, where that I entered a new dimension of quickness, like the <laughs> Matrix. He goes, Chris, you stood up moved books out of the way before that picture hit the table. He goes, to this day, I can't explain it. And I will go to my deathbed saying that you became like me. I need you to explain this story to Rick and and then shock him out of what I can do in six seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Change the game, my friend. Right. No, yeah. So my friends and I joke about, like my friend Dennis, he brings it up regularly. Dude, that night was so weird. I, I, how did you do that? And I'm like, I have no idea. I really love my books. That's yeah, exactly. Motivation. Anyway, <laughs> so that was my biggest boss fight. Um, six you know, I have, so I have, um, it's a little off topic, but I have the um, the core rule book set for 5e. And it comes in the black 
nice shiny sleeve you know it's Ooh. got all three books and dm screen and some maps or something in there mm-hmm. you know it's like a hundred some dollars whatever it was i don't remember when i bought it and i bought that first and then i started going to different games around the area and i was like i'm not i'm not using these books to go around to all these places i went and bought mm-hmm. another player's handbook another dm's wow those are still brand new never cracked the spine (laughs) wow Wow. yeah i like i don't know why but i feel nice i was like i can't ruin this yeah yeah oh my books are in a closet i do everything on dnd beyond i don't want well yeah now i i have all these books but they're also all in a closet because then i was like oh well i do everything it's so much faster right it is look it up online there's something so cool though like when i so um, this is after we were playing Roll20, the Acquisitions Incorporated book came out and I'm a big fan of Acquisitions Incorporated. I'll never mm-hmm. use that book to play in a, in a campaign. I just wanted the book. It's so weird. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a generational thing or what, because when I first started showing up to like Adventure League stuff, people didn't even have books or, or notepads or anything. It's all on their phone or their iPad or yeah, they were right. doing everything through like D&D Beyond for their characters and stuff. And I was the yeah. only guy there with like, I had a clipboard with my my notepad and I had my player's handbook. Yeah. Uh, see, I have I have like a physical book, but I don't use it much. But then I did buy the like Mythic Odyssey to Theros or whatever it's right. called. Like I bought that one just be- for the same reason you're talking about. Like it's cool. It's like, I just need to have this one. Like yes. this is yeah. this is too cool a setting for me to just not physically right. own this copy. Yeah, so I own I several of the books. And I use none of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't, yeah, I don't do use anything. any either. I read it and then I go, oh, right. That's nice. And then I just put it back. I have found yeah. myself, I'll go to them though and look things up and read them, read sections of the books. Mm-hmm. Even though the very computer I play on, I could just look it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so crazy. There's something nice, like I'm kind of a little bit magical about like looking through the book and the illustrations are all there and like everything, you know, I don't know. It, it is like a wizard spellbook, like right. I don't know, yeah. and it's I've had this like um, not paranoia or or panic, but this this idea in my head that oh, what if we all lose internet one day and we need to play? Uh, at least we got the books, you know. Yeah. As crazy <laughs> yeah. and irrational as that sounds, right. it's like I could hold a game right here. I don't need the internet. Yeah, you know? yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's way off topic, but it just hit me <laughs> when you said that about the books. They are, yeah. impor- they're important to me. Not, you know, yeah, not just too. the D&D book. Are they, but are they precious to you? They are my precious. <laughs> they yes. are to me. Oh, dude, when I was, when I was younger, people, I would watch people turn my pages and you could, I would cringe. Uh, don't crease it or rip it or whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you I know, was like, sad. I don't know about you, but when I was in high school and you're, you know, whatever, 16 years old or something, 15, 16 years old, mm-hmm. I think they were like. 30 bucks back then or 20 bucks or something for the book, you know? Yeah. That's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a if lot. If you ruin my book, you owe me a 20, man. This is, sure, yeah. this is no joke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's, not, it's not as big well, a deal yeah, now. They're not but cheap books. Like, they're, they're not. They're definitely not cheap now. I mean, even if you buy, so I made the mistake of, uh, it's not a mistake because I enjoy having the, the hardback versions of the books, but I bought the books and then I got into online play. And so at the beginning, I was buying books on D&D Beyond. But yep. they're books I've already paid for. And that is so like oh, frustrating yeah. to me. I'm like, I own this, you jackass. Yep. Just let me use right. it. 
Dude, that was such a major controversy on the internet when D&D Beyond came out. There were, there was, I mean, go to Reddit or whatever, so many arguments about people. And, you know, there's so two schools on that. There are the people who are like, dude, you should get something because you bought these. And then other people are like, but from a business standpoint, they're not connected. Like these guys get nothing because you bought the textbook. Um, right. What you're buying here is the convenience and the information, right. you know, right. they had to input all of this into a program, you know, that right. was hard. Um, and I have to say, I'm, I am super thankful uh, D&D Beyond has like gifted me some stuff and um, allowed me to share with my students, um, you know, and I, I contacted them. And they were so responsive. I've, I really like, I believed in D&D Beyond as a product. But then when I dealt with them, I was like, these are people who really care about this game. I mean, you know, like I, I was all ready to like sell myself, like, and we're changing lives over here. And they're like, no, like we totally get what you're saying. Like, we believe this is really important for kids right now. Cause you know, with COVID and, and all the things, right, and right. I was like, you know, these, I, I got these kids who are like, you know, struggling and they can't buy this stuff and they really want to play this thing or that thing. And they were like, yeah, here, take a whole bunch of, uh, you know, guest um, memberships or whatever else. Oh my God. That's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just awesome. I want to give a shout out to uh, beyond 20. That is the best oh. thing oh, yeah. someone's ever for coded sure. for D and D as far as I'm concerned, making it yeah, so dude. easy, man. <clears throat> that it really does. That is um, another, that guy, he responds. Like I had a problem with Beyond 20 a while back. Um, I think it was when Roll20 had changed the code. So mm-hmm. it wasn't parsing correctly. And it had that, what is his program? The purple, that's his, the guy who wrote it. And we were all like, oh yeah, it's ugly. And he's like, yeah, I know. But, but, but. And we were all like, oops. <laughs> we were all like, dude, we love this thing. Uh, you know, like we, I don't want to insult you, but it's ugly. And he goes, no, I know it's ugly. Um, so, you know, uh, it was just, he's great, but that, those kind of people, that's honestly one of the things that I really loved about D and D when the internet started getting bigger is how many people or how this community share with each other. Um, go to Reddit for maps. I'm literally on Reddit every single day looking at maps. These people spend, I mean, I told you guys before, one of these maps 96 hours the kid spent in Photoshop and all these things. And then he was just like, here, take it, you guys. And here is the raw file. So in for incarnate, so you can use it and manipulate it how you like. Hardly ever are these people asking for any kind of compensation. They just put their time into it, share it, and just want you to, to they like love it. the game. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I just love the community. I do too. That's part of it. And, you know, I, I just, I went through this whole, I don't know, selection process when I left high school and went, you know, into the military and did all this stuff for 20 years and some change. And I just didn't do anything nerdy Mm -hmm. whatsoever. And it was all like, I mean, it wasn't anti-nerd, but it was just all physical and man's man type stuff. There was just no nerdy stuff. Yeah, in in my area of the military, but I've forgotten how fun some of this stuff could be. You yeah, know, it's just silly, but it's fun. 
Yeah. And yeah. I think people get so involved. They just want to spread that fun, that enjoyment. And I, I don't think it yeah. necessarily has to be about compensation to most of those people. Yeah. I, I think they just do it because they, they have fun doing it one and they know that other people are going to have fun using that product. Yeah. And I think that's, that's amazing that, you know, that there's even a community like that, that you know, it's just not about all about the money. I mean, sometimes it has to be about the money because that's how you survive. Sure. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Well, well, even just like, not even people outside, just our group. It's like, it makes such a difference when people are willing to like commit their time and thoughtfulness into either their characters or I know yeah. Rick spent a lot of time. I spent a good chunk of time like prepping sessions. Like <laughs> I'm there's sure definitely been, there's been definitely times I've played with groups where it's like people show up. They don't even really remember what their character is, let alone did like in the last, you know, like they're just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm something. What's my character sheet say? Like, what can yeah. I do again? And, you know, I don't know. They don't know what's going on in the story. Nobody knows like, and, or the, even DMs that are just like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't remember, but like, let's just go fight some goblins tonight. Like, I mean, yeah. that's, that can be fun too, but it's just like, yeah, uh, that's, it's, that's it, how games become or not games groups become unreliable right yeah. there that's how it becomes right. no well, you know what let's just skip it this week right or I'll yeah. see, you know let's let's do it next week or maybe yeah. i'll come up with something by next month you know or whatever the thing is and that's just not it's not conducive to a a group that's trying to you know just trying to be on on schedule for a fun evening and you know yeah. it's just like anything else in life if you're going to have a fun date with your wife or girlfriend, if you're going to have a fun outing with your friends, a little bit of planning kind of usually helps. Right. Yeah. You know, that yeah. off the cuff is fun sometimes if you fall into something fun, but most times a little bit of planning helps and a little bit of effort on your part always helps, I think. Right. Yeah. And, you know, even if you can't, even if let's say Matt's the DM and he, he just can't do it this week, he's got the kids and the dogs and the wife and everything's the worst this week, you know, or whatever. <laughs> um, you've got four or five other guys who can just volunteer to put in some work and make it work yeah. or make it be more fun or a player who just couldn't do something this week or, you know, what, well, let's do a side quest and we'll take them along with us, you know, or whatever. Right, right, I mean, right. Yeah. It just makes all the difference in the world. We got lucky. That's all with. Um, oh yeah, for sure. I do feel guys. like we got incredibly lucky. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone does care and I wants know, crazy <laughs> and wants to play and yeah, it's willing to put in effort to like make stuff happen. Like I, our group, you know, I, the stuff with the encounters, like you know, Rick was talking about, you know, he couldn't remember because it's been so long, but you know, one of his most or the most memorable one, the one he brought up, that's been, I mean, that's got to be a better part of a year ago, right there, right? And we've played every week since. And that you, he could still remember in his mind all the different uh, little nuances to the character that we had to fight and what our characters were doing and stuff. It made that much of a difference to him. And mm -hmm. that's just one, you know, one battle in, in the, I don't even know how many battles we played Rick's campaign. It was a lot. But um, <laughs> I mean, that makes such a huge difference. He still sort of thinks about that. And He's so excited to be on the other side of that now. And he brings that to his character now as a player. And I think yeah. you do the same thing, Matt. You were fun and in, you were involved with, well, with Sebastian and Coraline. You're having fun and being involved now on the other side of the DM screen. And it shows too. I mean, if a DM is 
tired or burned out or doesn't really want to do something as a player, you're going to be able to tell, and it's going to kind of, you know, bring the fun sure. level down, but if the players are more involved in it, it raises that element of fun level, just a noticeable amount every time it, it just shows. And I think, Oh, it's, it's so strange. I hear, I talk to people who still play this game who never stopped, you know, that I knew a long time ago and they have been through a dozen groups and they've all been horrible and they don't mm-hmm. last a year. Yeah. They end up hating each other. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. I was friends with that guy for there were that guy for twenty years. Now we haven't talked in five years because he was an asshole. At, you know, one night at the DM. I, I was like, Come on, man. You know. Yeah. But that's. I, I feel like we've just got a, a super good group, and it's sort of strange how we had a good group after it kind of whittled itself down and worked itself out in the beginning, and the core character or the core players kind of stuck around, and we we even took on a new guy who just clicked with the group and it, he's reliable and right. It's so weird. We'd ha- we have this little bubble that I feel like doesn't really represent the entire D and D universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Probably not. Yeah. I do yeah. think it's like Chris has said in other episodes, but like there is a dance element to it. Like it's a give and take from DM and players. And like the more you're giving, no matter which side of the DM screen you're on, the better it is. Cause no one wants to drag their dance partner around the floor. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. Yeah. you don't want the DM to be like, I don't want it, you know, oh, you can't do that or this or that. And it's like, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm fighting with them. But you also don't want to be the DM with players who are just like, I don't care where we go, whatever. Right. I, I have no ideas. Like, you know, it's like, oh, well, okay. I don't know what to do with that, you know? And I don't, and, yeah. and that we are incredibly lucky that we don't have that problem because people are invested and, they like their either their characters or the story or whatever it is that right. they like about it. <laughs> that in both of these campaigns we've played, I feel like everyone's in it. You yeah, know, I, I do too. It's fun. I mean, I I, I I just think it wouldn't have um, this group wouldn't have lasted that long if everyone wasn't as involved as they are. Because I, sometimes I can see it where it'll start slipping for a week or something. Yep, and I feel like. Ugh. This could go, you know, one of two ways. Sure, here. sure. Yeah. And then the next week, everyone's got a little something and it just brings it yeah. right back around. And I, I man, I'm I'm just grateful for that because it I feel like it, it would be so easy for that to just dissolve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not a business. I mean, it's not is... like we got to show up and get paid. Right, right. It's something right, we right, volunteer yeah. to do. So and this is all over roll 20. This was, you know, like when we first started, and then when when um, I started looking into running adventures because, you know, like I was teaching instructional classes on d on uh, an out school on that platform I was telling you guys. And um, what I was noticing is all these games, like, because I searched for games on Roll20 where I was like, oh, maybe I'll, you know, play in one of these and I just want to check out what these people are doing. I noticed so many of these like open games it's just fraught with problems. Person after person. Yeah, we tried to start this week. We tried to start that week. And the one thing I noticed, the groups that were not having that problem, pay to play groups. So like, we're really lucky that we have volunteers who volunteer their time on both sides, you know, players and DM. Um, because in my opinion, the only other thing that works is when someone pays money because then they're invested, you know, like, right. yeah, fiscally. Invested. Yeah. 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 Like if you put money down and you are scheduled to play, you show up, you get involved, you pay attention to 
story. You, you know, well, and it's so, like um, anything else in life. I mean, if you, if you pay a bunch of money for anything, well, I'm going to use that thing or I'm going to eat yep. that or I'm going right, right. to, I spent 50 <laughs> yep. bucks on that. It's I'm keeping it or, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and um, that I was one of those, you know, I was one of the purists who were like, uh, you know, nobody will ever play, pay for D and D and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, as when you're a kid, I think it's a little different if, you know, you can play with your friends and whatever, and you have all this time, but as an adult, I don't have time. Um, right. You know, yeah. like you can have uh, a very specific amount of free time that yeah, you then if you can't get a group of people, even if you have the friends who want to play, if they can't yeah. make that time work, then it's yeah. like, well, I guess I have to find some other way to do it. Yeah, it's it's hard. Um, I was just thinking the other day, man, like with, you know, everything that's going on in the world, um, we all I know we have busy things like, you know, just Rick today, you know, like you have, we have stuff, we have real life important stuff, but we still all make it um, almost all the time on Tuesday night. Um, yeah. yeah. Gift. I mean, that's the way I know this is, this is a good group. And I don't, I mean, when I first started, I was trying to play online roll 20 and download discord and, you know, D and D beyond and let's do all this stuff. And I didn't really have anybody to kind of, walk me through it and I was meeting up with these groups and you know one guy would show up other than the DM and everybody yeah. else who had registered just wouldn't show up and we yeah. wouldn't play and I got so frustrated and then matter of fact we played at Rick's house for I don't know a while and then yeah. COVID hit and we had to quarantine or you know not go out and not gather and yeah it was let's play online I almost quit I almost just stopped because I was like oh, really is this gonna yeah I was like this oh, is gonna man. turn imagine that I was like, this will be horrible. All these. Yeah. I, I just had so many bad experiences. I was like, well, fuck it. I might as well try to find something else to do besides D&D. &D. Yeah. And, um, oh, my God. I can't even imagine the alternate universe where you just quit and where you're not part of the group. Like, that's how yeah. frustrating it was, man. It was yeah. so crazy. Like, I, I can see people paying. I really can. Because at that time, I mean, it was like trying to find five guys who who will reliably get together every week was yeah. like the Holy grail. Like, I, I mean, yeah. and I felt like Monty Python just wandering aimlessly through the universe, trying to find that group. And it yeah. was so bad. And I was like, I really don't want to just, uh. and then I was like, well, whatever, I'll keep doing it. I, I already blocked off, you know, I think it was Tuesday nights, Monday nights, whatever we played in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And of course it worked out, but, yeah, I, I thought if this is going to turn out anything like that, you know, that scene I was on before I found these guys, I'm just quitting because it's yeah. so frustrating. It's really hard. I mean, there's, I got to say um, how pleasantly surprised I was with Roll20 when we first started. I remember I, I was a guy who was like, I will never roll these stupid digital dice. I'm always right. going to roll my own dice. I haven't rolled a die in a year and a half um, <laughs> and I couldn't be happier honestly I'm the because it's I, I don't know what it is I mean I guess I'm uh, I don't know um I I'm shocked that I'm so comfortable not rolling dice anymore. me too I rolled dice for 40 years I mean it's it's so odd um, and I am like sort of a guy that can get stuck in patterns or whatever. Mm -hmm. sure. And I, I couldn't be happier that we have beyond 20. It made, I, I think to this day, and I talk about this sometimes, it made Descent into Avernus go by so much faster 
because we didn't have to stop and grab all the dice. It was like everybody was just clicking what they could do in, yeah. um, you know, how you can click on a power that you don't have to like look up in a book. It's right in your sheet. You know, like Rick would be like, okay, what does that do? And you're like, right, yeah. It's right there. It's so, um, I mean, I got to say huge props to Roll20 for that and huge props to D&D Beyond and Beyond20. Um, I wish I remembered the guy's name. The sheer for, time yeah, savings well, yeah. alone. Huge, huge. Yeah. Nice. I, I love it. And and I do sort of miss a little bit the whole dice rolling and you waiting to see, but it's been replaced by waiting to see that click come up in yeah, Roll20. Yeah, it does still take a second sometimes. It takes nice. longer than reading my dice. I hear whoop, and then I go one Mississippi. Two, yeah, then you just yeah. wait for it to come across. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah so- it's, it's awesome. It is. It's great. I think the part that I miss from the in-person sessions, I mean, a little bit the dice rolling because it was kind of fun where everybody kind of stood up and looked over the table and to wait and see on those real critical moments where you you roll and it really means something for the whole party and everybody's really kind of wanting to see. And that was cool to kind of be in person for. But I think the real thing that I miss from the in-person sessions is the, the, it's sort of a, more of a feeling you get than anything tangible. It's, it's the, you know, how when you you can just read people's facial expressions so much better when you're in person and you can, you can really get a feel for like what they're trying to do. It makes, it makes role-playing more intimidating for me trying to do it over the internet where I'm not even sure if you can see my face half the time. I'm like always trying (laughs) to make sure the lights are on and clicking buttons and, and, I 100% yeah. get what you're saying because this list last week when you guys went to talk to the, the Dwarven Emperor or whatever, when I was doing his voice and stuff, like I was also kind of like acting it out. And I know you can only like see my shoulders and above. Right, right. But I'm right. like, I'm making these faces and I'm like, while you guys are talking and I'm thinking to myself, do they think Matt is making a face or do they get that like, it's hard I'm to know, now, right? I'm no, I totally get you. And I'm making the face like at that, what you're saying and this and that. And it's, it is a little bit like, I don't know if it's coming across. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Like I'm getting what they're giving me like either because sometimes, you know, everyone's face is on the screen. Sometimes they're not looking right at the person, you know, or two people are talking. So that does make it a little bit harder. But I do think once again, finding the Holy grail of groups, the longer we've been together, the more, we've played there is a level of kind of like we've definitely gotten better at role playing online than we yeah. were at the start when it was just like oh, i don't even know like right what to do <laughs> so. I, feel, I feel like sometimes and it's just you know it's the quality i guess of just trying to see what somebody's doing you know mm-hmm. when i if i've got the whole thing up and it's all five of us or six of us sometimes on a on like a 13 and a half inch laptop screen or something Everything's yeah. so small and so low, right. like visual quality that I'm like, I don't even know if they could see that I'm making faces or yeah, if I'm, you know, rolling my eyes or, you know, something that would be like important for that role playing moment. I, I half the time I feel like it's lost the translation anyway. So I, I miss of, that. Yeah, I do too. I miss that. That's the yeah. thing about in person. Cause when that person is at the table and it's their moment, you know, to do that, whatever the emperor, let's say the dwarven emperor, everyone is just looking and paying attention. And you're yeah. no more than, you know, three feet from a guy because you're sitting right. on the table. Right, right. Yeah. And his hand motion and his eyebrows and everything are just so visible. And, and it's easier to get into 
playing a character if you're surrounded by all these people who are putting more into the atmosphere yeah Yeah. it is it is the atmosphere yeah yeah i enjoy that like i don't miss the camaraderie because i enjoy i feel like i still get that i feel like i still get the the D D friendship out of it um with all you guys you know once a week i still feel like that's not really gone anywhere i still feel like i can have all the snacks i want because i'm sitting in my house on my couch yeah (laughs) yeah you know it's not like i miss um any of the that's the hardest thing to transition to being the dm is i can no longer just mute myself and snack while other people are doing stuff because i'm always doing something with someone else yes the dwarven emperor eats cheetos yeah (laughs) no that's that's exhausting um you know i've said this like really being the dungeon master requires near 100 percent engagement 100 percent of the time um, as a player, you can um, do all kinds of things in the background, but as the DM, you've got a number of people. If one person is not asking you something or communicating to you, somebody else is. So it's it really does require a ten, you know engagement and attention. You could, and be, I think yeah. you couldn't be the DM you were before, Chris. And theater yeah. the mind is almost non-existent, um, right? It's so hard to get back into that mindset because that's the way yeah. I played. Second edition was the only edition I played before fifth. And there mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, as, as a bunch of high school kids, you didn't have a bunch of money to buy a bunch of three right. freaking castles and dungeons and stuff. It was yeah. on a table um, yeah. with a guy behind a screen telling you a story. And yeah. you had to imagine every every step of it because there was yeah. no real visual aids. Yeah. You had no real way to expose everyone to what's in your mind other than telling, I mean, crafting that story, really. You really had yeah. to spin yeah. it and make it your own. You can't yeah. be that with people who have only played on like Roll20 and stuff because when Matt, and I'm, Matt's a good storyteller, but the point is if you've got a frozen tundra map, he's not going to spend a half an hour telling us about the frozen tundra map. He's just going to show yeah. us the frozen tundra map and we're going right. to play. And it is convenient but I do sort of miss that theater of the mind aspect sometimes. And then we have to theater of the mind something. And I'm like, I didn't miss this shit as much as I thought I did. <laughs> I kind of like being able to move my character block by block. I mean, everything you just said is stuff I think about all the time. Right. So one of the things I did when this, you know, I started teaching me, you know, or running these adventures on, uh, on this out school thing, I was like, how am I going to bridge that gap? Because I really enjoyed the narrative portion. It set the mood. I could use the tone of my voice and the way I describe things to set a mood in a way if the people are willing to, you know, engage. Right. Uh So I was like, so what I'm going to do is I am going to really scour for good maps so, and I was not disappointed. Um, I literally found a gorgeous map just before we met. And it's like, that was important to me. So I decided I was going to really focus on the visual and auditory aspects. I use ambiances in the background, you know, that I share through Roll20. There's the tabletop audio there. Right. And the vast majority majority of people, and now I'm talking about kids, really enjoy this because again i think you've got to know your audience and these kids are used to video games most of them and they and one of the things that's hard for me is getting them to slow down where i'm like okay 
you're on a new map and all of a sudden they're a hundred feet. And I'm like, dude, move square by square. Does that you're sound like anyone, Patrick? Uh, <laughs> it sounds like me. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, the, the thing is that these kids have been in some cases so sort of conditioned or instant gratification with video games, you know, you move and something happens, you know? So I'm really been trying to slow people down and trying to get them to check things out and investigate things. And I still try to describe like they walk into a room and of course they can see it because it's on the roll 20 map. But what I try to tell them is what that room feels like. What is the air like in there? What are the sounds you're hearing? And you know what? Honestly, some people could not care less and others <laughs> get into it. Um, like I have one kid that I, I, and I love this, how he does this. He always describes the spells he's doing and how he does it. And he does all these flourishes. And I just am like, I just sit there, ah, you know, <laughs> and I love yeah. that. I love it because it really adds something. And, uh, you know, I just love that kind of stuff. I, I think it's hard to translate with Roll20. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's it for this week's bonus episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Leave a review and let us know. Also, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And please like and share our social media pages. The Guild That Keeps On Giving on Facebook, at TGTKOG on Instagram, and at T underscore G underscore T underscore K underscore O underscore G on Twitter. From all of us here at The Guild That Keeps On Giving, have a great week and long live the Guild.